Well, we just wrapped another awesome episode of the Upstate Impact Podcast. Uh, today's episode featured Holly Calloway, who is the owner of the Powerhouse Consulting Group here in Upstate South Carolina. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. She had a lot of awesome things to say. What did you think, Elizabeth? Wow. I am so glad that we went deep right away. I feel like we covered some really significant heart topics. Just this whole idea of the, the internal hard work that we have to do when we are working to grow any kind of a business or any kind of um, something important in our lives. And vulnerability that Holly showed to us, even in sharing her story, was so beautiful. I feel like it's really going to resonate with our audience. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Holly Calloway. This is the Upstate Impact Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Weaver, and I'm with my project partner, Jordan Floyd. Today, we get to have a conversation with someone many of you already know and love, Holly Calloway. Holly, we are so thankful that you would take time for this today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So uh, as many of you already know, Holly is in Greer, South Carolina. She is a wife, mom of three, friend to many, and the owner of Powerhouse Consulting. I first met Holly on a Facebook Live last year, and there's a good plug for Facebook Lives. Everybody should be doing them. We meet all kinds of great people that way. So um, I was so encouraged, and Holly, you've been such a great source of inspiration and also connection for me and connected me to so many wonderful people here. So that's kind of like the first thing that I think of when I think of our relationship and just the way that you've helped me to get to know so many awesome friends here. So thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. That is, I'm so excited that that's, uh, that's what I've done for you. That is, that's amazing. I love that. Thank you for, for <laughs> telling me. That's awesome. So Holly, I like to, uh, I like to kick off with a question that just gives a little bit of local relevance to what we're talking about. So I just love um, for our listeners to know um, just about a little bit of your background and ha has the upstate always been home for you? Awesome. Actually, no. The I feel like I'm not even really in the minority in being a transplant to the upstate South Carolina area. So true. <laughs> it's it's weird to meet a native anymore because so many people are from somewhere else. But we are from my husband and I are originally from Iowa, um, and I by trade am a chiropractor. That's what I went to school for. One of the many things. It's what I graduated with, right? That's the degree. And he was looking at Sherman College um, because he didn't want to go to the same school I did. He thought maybe like people who knew me would overshadow him in his experience. I don't know where he would get that idea. It's so strange of him to think that, that people would think of me first, but he wanted his own school. That's <laughs> complete sarcasm. That absolutely would have happened. Um, so he wanted his own school and Sherman was the next best option. So we looked at that and moved. Um, he ended up deciding not to go for various reasons, but we were here and fell in love with a being anywhere, but the Midwest for a while. Um, but Greenville ultimately sort of became our home. So we live in Greer, but we spend, I spend a large amount of my life in Greenville and I work in Greenville and, and we love the area. So. I definitely can relate to that. Wow. Five years ago, this place just took us in and so much love for the place. When I He'd actually decided you, before we even moved that he didn't want to go to school. And I was like, uh, yeah, but you promised me South Carolina. So we're going. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> There's no option anymore. Yeah, it, it, it pulled us in. 
Oh, Holly, I feel like you've empowered so many women here in the upstate. That's one of the things that stands out so beautifully to me. Such a gift that you've given to so many of us. I want to read a quote from your bio, which I think says it best of all. I just fell in love with this quote. If, you, if you're around me long enough, you'll see yourself through my eyes and start believing in yourself while knowing you are capable of anything you set your mind to. Wow, Holly, what a gift <laughs> this has been to the business community. I also think of the word influencer. I see mm -hmm. you as a great influencer in the upstate. What has it been like to watch this calling develop and fill this big role? Well, firstly, when I started, that was not my intention by any means, um, by any means. And we kind of talked about this too. The, the word influencer for me is, A, it's weird. It just is weird because by pop culture standards, it's somebody who has a massive following and, you know, people listen to yada, yada. I'm not even sure how true that is. And the way people find that status is sometimes really um shallow, not super as in-depth as, as, you know, thought leaders and things like that. Um, and I also, somebody one time, I, I keep the quote nearby me that if you have influence over one person, you are an influencer. So it's not True. about numbers. It's about the message and who can learn from you and grow from that and whose life you can make better just by doing what you do. Um, so yeah, that's been, that's been my constant mindset is if I can help you if there's something that's troubling me or that I'm figuring out or that I struggled with, I'm probably not the only one. The likelihood of me being completely alone in any struggle is so small. So when I find a way through mine, I like to share with other people what that was in hopes that it'll help them as well. And that's actually kind of where this all got started. I really, really wanted somewhere to have mentors and coaches um, and a tribe, a community, whatever you want to call them, of women who are also doing small business um, and just business in general, because it's different for men than it is for women. Um, and so I started the powerhouse and that was initially, I just wanted the community and I didn't care what my role in it was. And with social media engagement happens when you engage, especially when something is brand new, you guys know with your group, if you're not in there constantly, you know, making posts and suggestions and, and sort of poking conversation and providing value, um, it slows way down and you want the action to stay up so that people see it. So they get the benefit of it. And that's where it started. I just, I started posting, um, it was Facebook lives, uh, anything I was learning about business, about life, about mindset, about, whatever I would, I would do a quick live video and see how many people would show up to watch it. And I don't, I, I never expected people to, I never expected to be like a personality. I never expected to, um, quote unquote lead something like the powerhouse. It, it just kind of happened. And at some point recognized that really I was playing to strengths, which is I think powerful in business and in general and kind of rolled with it and figured if people are listening anyway, I better have something to say. And so I figured out what I wanted to say. I figured out what that message was um, and really tried to hone in and that's, that's where everything started. So. Mm, so beautiful. Love to hear all <laughs> that. Yeah. So Holly, I kind of have a follow-up question to that, but before I, before I ask, I just want to give our listeners a little bit of background of um, how I came to know you. Um, you know, in the last year, I've kind of gone through my own kind of self-discovery and entrepreneurial journey, and you have, you've been a part of that. Um, so as I have been kind of doing some, some reading on what is it that I need to be do to be, 
what is it that I need to do to be successful? Mindset obviously became a big part of that. Um, and really this whole idea of the abundance mentality and how everyone out there is not your competition. Okay. And so let me just tell you that you were one of the first uh, healthcare practitioners that were kind of in, you know, your own private practice at the time, you know, as a practicing chiropractor who kind of aligned with that very much. You'll cross paths with people all the time that they'd love to have a very surface level conversation with you, but they would never actually like to take that next step, which is, uh, Hey, I'd, I'd love to actually work with you. I'd love to actually see how we could like put our heads together and do something great for a patient. And so for me, that embodiment of collaboration over competition is what really kind of drew me to wanting to spend some time with you. And so I'll just go ahead and throw that out there and say, thank you. That is so refreshing to see um, in our community. So I, uh, I, I commend you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. That's one of our major tenants, collaboration yeah. over competition. Always. That's right. And so I know you obviously you made a, a major shift from practicing chiropractic to doing this full time. So I'd love to hear just a little bit more of um, what went into that transition? I remember seeing you at an event back uh, probably uh, late fall this past year and you kind of talking about a career transition that you were in the process of. So I'd love to just hear how all that went down. Yeah, the um, I fell into chiropractic as a way to, um, I think subconsciously, so if you want to get like super deep with it, was just oh, trying yeah. to prove <laughs> was just trying to prove my worth. Um, I, I wanted to prove how smart I was. I wanted to prove how capable I was, um, to some people who mean a lot in my life. And, um, I fell in love with what I was doing. I went to chiropractic school, um, because it aligned better with my ideas on how the body functions over medicine. So I was actually in pre-med courses, was on track to do applications, um, to get into DO school and, um, worked for a chiropractor. And I loved, I loved recognizing how powerful you are physically. And it comes with the mental side of things. And that's definitely something that's carried over from one profession to the other is wanting people to recognize that they don't always need something from the outside, that so much of, of their healing can come from the inside, whether it's um, working on yourself or physically, you know, you heal yourself from the inside out. So no, no amount of, you know, prescription medication is is going to fix, <laughs> but you can heal yourself. Some exclusions, of course, I always have to put the little asterisk on there. I know there are reasons for medicine. It's just, we oh, maybe overuse it. So, um, I loved it. I, I love chiropractic. I, I love natural healing. I love alternative medicine, um, practicing chiropractic. I'd done several businesses pre chiropractic school and even one during, um, and I, I had it in my head that I was just really bad at business because I never had the time and energy to fully put into rounding out and, and creating a whole something, a whole entity. Plus the first time I, I started a business, I was in my early, early twenties and um, just didn't have the resources that we have now. And so it didn't, it didn't go as well as I anticipated and I didn't have mentors and I didn't have coaches and I didn't have um, support. I didn't have a, a, the type of support that I was looking for. So I thought I was just bad at business. Um, I feel, I felt like you were either born good at it or you weren't. And that was that, but I definitely had this entrepreneurial spirit. And when I opened my practice, I thought this is a business. I, I need to treat it like one. People aren't just going to show up because I say I'm here. Let me fix you. Like we need to talk about marketing and we need to talk about sales and we need to talk about my mindset and we need to talk about money. Those things have to be talked about. Um, and so I started running it 
like trying to run my practice as a business. And in our first year, we did really, really well for a first year chiropractic office. Um, especially I did a technique that not many people use. Um, and it just, we did pretty well. And at the same time, I was coming to realize that, yes, I loved chiropractic. Yes, I loved natural healing. I love talking to people about it, but it was very draining. Um, I love helping people. And, and the way that you help, because of our American healthcare system, teaching everybody that came through my doors their ability to heal from within and that it wasn't my job to fix them, quote unquote, that it was, I was a step in the process. I was a tool in their tool belt, um, but that in order to, get rid of the symptoms. They had to look deeper to what was underlying, um, and work with me. I wasn't working for them. We were working together over and over and over and over. And sometimes the same patient over and over and over. And we still really never got to that place. It, it's hard not to feel like you're failing them somehow. And that mentality, and of course there are wins, but they're never as strong as, you know, the, the feeling like you're failing. So it was very, very draining. Um, and I looked back at, well, why are you doing this? And there wasn't that fantastic. Some, I mean, some chiropractors are like, I'm doing this to change the world. They'll stay in it forever, no matter how draining it is. And it probably fills them more because they really feel like they're making a dent and changing the world. And I do believe they are. That wasn't me. And I had this powerhouse running. The powerhouse was a group on Facebook full of women who ran businesses that I created for community's sake. That was it. Um, and at some point I was mentioning how I was doing my marketing. I had this cool binder. I had it all laid out in a way that I could do it um, every single day and keep up with different, you know, different groups and different networks and um, different potential patients and how we were running events and why bringing people into my office mattered. Even if they were only coming for like a girl's night out as opposed to actual care, like there were, but there were con marketing concepts that anybody can use. It's just how I was using them in my practice. I was really excited about that. I love teaching that. And I taught a, a workshop in like October of last year that went really well. So we did it again in November and it went really well. And I just had a moment of, oh, if I could do this forever, if I could mm -hmm. do this forever, I would be so happy. Um, and I coaching in coaching people, I had somebody ask if I'd coach them one-on-one -on -one after a workshop. And I was like, I've never done that. Uh, so full disclosure, I've never done that, but yeah, let's figure it out. Let's see what this looks like. I loved it. Every second of it. I loved our phone calls. I loved making the plan. I loved watching her hit goals. Um, she told me when she, you know, hit this, this money goal that she'd been after for forever. And we'd done a little mindset work and a little tweaking in her systems. And that text message brought me to tears. Like I'd never like just had this full, it was so fulfilling. Um, so we did it full time, just made the switch. Um, it was a little, it was a little scary. My husband um, stays home to take care of my three kids and one of them has a seizure disorder. So we have a really hard time finding care. So there wasn't really an option for him to go back to work. So we made the switch and just went, hope this works. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> I had the business background at that point, kind of had it down. So we just transferred as much of it over as we could, uh, as far as the marketing went and figured out what worked a little bit differently for the coaching and, and made the switch. But it's been so fulfilling to watch. It's empowerment the same way that chiropractic is. Chiropractic empowers you to believe in the, the power of your own body. And what I do now makes you, helps you believe that you have what you need already really what you need is some guidance and systems and tools, but it's in you to do the thing that you love to, to fulfill a calling. 
you just have to know that it's there and you have to find it. And so people empower themselves. I just, I just give you the tools. That was a really long answer for a really short question. <laughs> that was I, I, a really good answer. Yeah. I had so a long sorry. lead into that question. So don't, don't blame yourself, but no, you, you answered all of it. That was perfect. <laughs> it's been so cool to actually get to watch some of that process unfold. And I feel like I'm not at nearly all the meetups that I want to be at because I'm busy doing my life over here too, but getting to be a part of hearing some of that realization dawning and hearing your excitement and watching you take the brave, courageous, you know, make those moves. It's been very exciting to watch. And I know that probably all those women in the powerhouse were actually influential in leading you toward this, but is there someone in particular, an author, a speaker, a mentor, anyone that you feel has really guided you in this journey? Well, I've had, so my, my business coach is Jim Sevier. He owns the coachable, um, and talking over food, and um, he actually started talking over food while he was coaching me. And so we sort of have this back and forth um, relationship with what I know about, especially um, like social media marketing and things like that. And he knows about having been in the business for as long as he has and coached as many people as he has. Um, and he has been the greatest, like just, I call it borrowed belief. Sometimes when you just can't believe in yourself, having somebody else standing behind you saying you are doing a fantastic job, keep moving. Here's a little bit of constructive criticism. Um, so like I have all of the respect in the world for him and he is constantly, you're doing it right. Keep moving. Like look at your wins, whatever. So he's, he's been phenomenal as far as like a support system. Obviously my husband, um, I've never met a more encouraging human being in my life than my husband who was like, Oh, this might mean that we bring in zero dollars for a month and we're still going to be okay. Go for it, babe. <laughs> like, <laughs> Love it. So He's been amazing. Um, but as far as like on the, on a larger scale, um, I remember writing down at some point, I want to be on Tom Bilyeu's show impact theory. <laughs> I'm like everything I feel like I'm like, if it's, if whatever I'm doing right now, isn't heading me in a direction of, doing conferences and writing books and all of these massive things so that when he reads my bio, there's something there, I'm doing something wrong. Like he, the impact theory and him just, he shows his point is to show that anything is learnable. Um, and that if you want to do something, you just need, again, you just need the tools. 90% of what I say is just like a reiteration of something I feel like I heard from his show. Um, and just, just big names like that, people that seem larger than life that I, I know I've met in passing or I've met at conferences, things like that, where I'm like, they're people. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, if I can be somewhere in between the, the guy that you only see on YouTube, right. And then like the person who's in your hometown and I can be the in-between that's still standing there saying, I'm a real person too. And I just want to encourage you because I've managed to do this amount. I'm not anywhere where I want to be yet, but I'm close to where you are, but I can pull you forward and just show you that it's possible. Um, I feel like I'm in a younger generation of people who are trying to pull, pull that out of people just to say like, you're capable. And, um, I love listening to them because it gives me the, the, it fans the spark that I have. If they can believe on that large of a level that people are capable of more than they believe, then I can believe it at my level and can be a conduit in between to more people and just be one more voice. And so, um, yeah, I've, Gosh, I'm a, I'm a self-development junkie. So Tom Bilyeu, Ed Milet, um, Jenna Kutcher, Marie Forleo. I listened to Brene Brown. 
Oh my yes. gosh, Brene Brown. If I could like just spend one day with one person, it would be Brene Brown. She's phenomenal in all of her thoughts on like authenticity and um, being vulnerable and, and the pains that that causes, just all of it. She's, she's phenomenal. So yeah, they've, they've been hugely influential in, in what I try to get across as a message and how I live my life. Just to be honest. Yeah. That, uh, it's amazing that you, you can see that you've clearly had to invest a lot of time in yourself. Like this isn't something that just kind of passively happened. Like you're talking about all these people that you've identified, but, but none of these people probably just came out of the woodwork. You had to go and seek and find. And so, um, kudos to you for the initiative on that too, to say, Hey, I can't just sit around and hope for all the circumstances to fall into place for this to all work mm. out. You really had to be proactive and say, Hey, I'm just going to be a sponge. Like, let me, let me see what you guys got. And I'm going to try to soak up as much as I can. Yep. Absolutely. I, I fully believe in cultivating your own life. A hundred percent. Nothing ever happens to you ever. It's for you in one way or another. And what you do with it is up to you. Um, and I think when I committed to that idea is when everything started to, what you would say, fall in place. It looks like from the outside that shit just happens the right way. It just, I mean, if you're, if you're looking as an observer, you're like, I've had people say like, all you ever do is work. And I'm like, that's just your perspective. I'm taking, except for this podcast today, my entire Saturday is with my family and that's not work. And the, the website work I got to work on because we couldn't get the video to go. <laughs> other than that. So it's really perspective, but you, you get to choose every single day, what you wake up and work on. You get to choose how you build a strategy. You get to choose what your goals are. You get to choose how you work on them. You can choose to take a whole Wednesday off because you feel like it, but that means on Thursday you catch up. So yeah, there's so much about, you can choose to listen to the radio or you can choose to pop in a podcast. Right. Like what, what, how, what are you letting in? What are you letting out? Um, and what are you letting influence you? Because it, it doesn't have to be a, you're just a participant in your life, like cultivate it, create it on purpose, read books, listen to audios, do podcasts. Like when people ask where so much of my coaching information came from, it's listening to stuff. Just like put the right thing in your ears. That's, that's exactly right. I love that. So I think you've done a fantastic job giving us just some, some great learning points that you've, you've had over the last year or two, especially during this transition. I'd love to know more about just maybe how this experience and, and even what you're doing now is different from what you expected it to be. And even talk about some hurdles that you've had to kind of um, tackle along the way. Man, um, it's, it's hard to say. it's different in that um you always overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in three let's just start with that so when i wrote down my goals for the beginning of the year and now it's may so we're like a third of the way through the year right um when i wrote down my goals i had and it was so multifaceted there were so many projects i thought i was going to complete um i have a an interdisciplinary uh like alternative medicine building in my brain. I've built this thing. And I was like, I'll get to that this year too. No, that's like way back burner now. But at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm going to do all these things. Um, and some of them COVID really screwed up. Like we were supposed to have a, a conference, a women's growth conference. I was so excited about it. It was supposed to be the middle of, or yeah, middle of June, beginning of July. There's no way, there's no way to plan for it. Now. Um, things have been different in that, um, 
just not able to do some of the things. And then I'm recognizing how much I bit off that I'm not able to chew, but also I can stay focused enough on what the ultimate goal is and recognize what the priorities are. Um, and just realize that I'm not in fact, super human as much as I want to be and like be able to have 48 hours in a day. I don't. So that's, that's been different. Um, how I interact with my group and the direction that we take. I, at the like February, March ish, um, timeframe created a group for powerhouse international and tried to filter people into that and it didn't work. And so instead I opened up the regular powerhouse and created a Greenville subdivision and that did work. Like it, it's a lot of trial and error as you go. And some of the things like were ideas of my coaches and I tried and we're together. We're like, Nope, that didn't work. Like I thought it was going to, um, I was never going to teach on online platforms. And now we've got people across the nation who are looking for what I'm offering. So i started a new website on a teaching platform. I mean, it's just, it's constantly evolving. So as long as the ultimate goal is happening, as long as women are finding us so that they can move from a day job or they can move from, you know, parenting, or they can just move from one business to another, like their own businesses, as long as they're finding us and then we're giving them the resources to do what they dream of doing, everything else can evolve. As long as that main point is there, everything else can change. As long as Everything is moving towards doing that in a more effective way and reaching more people. Um, by far and away, the biggest hurdles I have ever had in business are between my ears. A hundred percent. I can get over <laughs> software. I can get over um, how are we meeting? Why aren't people showing up? What does engagement look like? Did I did I do that workshop well? What do we change for next time? All of that. I can is easily manipulated, easily changed, easily adapts. Realizing that everything that I struggled with was we grew up without a lot of money. I mean, we just did. And so my mindset, my parents both had businesses that went under, like going in with the mindset of only rich people, like only rich people can have certain things or people who have a lot of money, maybe aren't great people or I had twisted around a couple of like probably misremembered memories from when I was a kid in my subconscious to think that my mother wouldn't love me if I ever made more than I needed to live on. Like when I say it out loud, it sounds crazy. And it is because if I said to my mom, I make this much in a year, do you love me any less? Clearly the answer is not going to be yes. But I had to like do deep, I mean, deep work deep work to dig that out and actually set aside the time to sit down and figure out what are my actual beliefs, even the ones that like feel silly, figure those out and where they're coming from. And let's reckon with that and then rewire all of it. And if people yeah. aren't willing to do that, it is so hard. I don't care how much borrowed belief there is and how much empowerment we try to lend you. Like until you do the work to figure out the mindset, you're not going anywhere. And convincing people of that is really, really difficult by human design. We are created to survive. So whatever's imprinted when we're young is put there for a reason. Thank goodness we're higher beings with frontal lobes and we can actually do some of that work, but it's, it's hard. And it's hard for somebody from the outside to convince you to do it on the inside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, those have been my biggest barriers far and away. Whoa. I'll find myself slipping back into some of that sometimes and have to go back in and do more work. And it's an ever evolving process and it, it, I'm sure it will never stop. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's been, that's been the struggle from the beginning. And I'm not, I'm not fantastic at 
jumping those barriers still like it's still work all the time but it's worth it i'm so glad you went into all that because i think that <laughs> it's so important for someone that has a goal and is working toward a change or just an adjustment to realize the hardest work is going to be the internal work on themselves even aside from the business venture and all they're going to have to learn to do that so i love that you shared all of that and i think just overcoming those hurdles is what has made you so relatable for so many because when they're going through that hard thing and they're working through it there's understanding not just mental understanding but heart understanding oh, um, absolutely yeah ugh, and that's so why relatable. i love like with Brene brown and her vulnerability and authenticity stuff too i would yeah. never hide all of that and just say well things are just easy for me like <laughs> not in a million years like know how hard this is it's not simple but it's worth yeah. it and i want to get across both both of those things. It's work and it hurts, but it's worth it. Somebody <laughs> told me really recently that if you, ch if you chase discomfort or uncomfort, you're rewarded with, he used the word pleasure, but with like good things, where if you chase the things that always feel good, you're rewarded with basically the, the pain, right? Like of if it's, you know, food being overweight or if it's not exercising, same, like you feel crappy and old way too fast. And if it's not using your brain, you kind of lose it earlier. You chase the discomfort so that you can have the, the comfort later instead of vice versa. And you get to, and you get to pick more that way, which I like. I like being in control of everything. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> We wish we could, <laughs> but we do what we can, right? I know, we do. So Holly, how would you describe that just perfect win. I know you talked about that text you received from someone yeah. that met their goal. Like that's definitely along that line, but I would love to hear a little bit more about that. What's that moment where you just know this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. It's all the little things. I keep a hype file um, for when I'm having crappy days. Cause we can all convince ourselves how much everything sucks. Like any given day, you can just convince yourself that everything was wrong and you're not getting where you want to be and whatever. So I, and I got really tired of like hoping that somebody else would drag me out of that. So I started screenshotting, um, every encouragement, every thank you, every whatever. And I save them all in one note on my, in my Google keep file on my phone and I can just go through and I'll go scroll through it very often, but I get really excited when I get to put something in there. Um, so what a good idea. little things like, um, somebody commented in the powerhouse the other day completely on nobody asked her to sometimes i will ask people to go in and tell the rest of the group how much they like something right like sure they need to know how amazing this other thing we're doing is um it was completely un unprompted just out of nowhere she said listen everything's been really hard i'm struggling with some things um but being here around these people feeling that that sense of community i know i always have you guys um and i look at that and i'm like i made this space and granted I, the women make this space right but I, I all i did was lay a foundation for it to be possible but that's yeah. all i ever wanted out of it was a sense of community and and for people to feel like they weren't alone and so for her to post something like i sat in my bed and cried like i just i lost it um a while ago, I did a post that was introduce yourself and tell us something that has nothing to do with your business. And it had like 158 comments, women just wanting to share who they were um, and everybody commenting on everybody else's comments about how they yeah. had something in common and they didn't even know. And 
um, learning things like people were doing swordsmithing. I'm like, what? Like we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't taken time to get to know each other. And I, again, I remember sitting in bed and my husband was like, all right, what's happening on the Facebook? Like, why are you bawling? And I was like, look at all these women in my group and they're all getting to know each other. And I'm just, those are the wins and they're completely non-monetary wins, but they're the things that fill me so full is that there's a space for that. And my vision of, I want a space for women to be able to come together this way happens. Like it's there watching something you've only ever seen in your head be fulfilled in real IRL, right? In real life. Um, I get it. God, there's nothing like that. Mm. There's nothing like, especially when it impacts other people in a very positive way. So Holly, that was great to hear. Um, and, and you are such, you're such a doer. You've accomplished a lot. Um, even in, you know, your past career though, um, as a chiropractor, when you talked about how you felt like you were doing a lot of good things, but at the end of the day, you felt drained. Like you felt like your tank was just empty. And so I think a lot of folks can relate to that, that feeling of you're trying to do good things. You've got good intentions. You feel like you're in the place you should be. And yet you just, you feel like you poured it all out at the end of the day. And so I just love to hear what are some things that you proactively do to try to just sustain your momentum and energy levels? Oof, um, I'm not great at it. Let's just throw that out there to begin with. I, <laughs> I, my husband's got like signal words for when I'm about to burn out. Um, I just try to balance. I do. I honestly do. And understanding, um, part of that mindset shift for me was understanding how much hard work goes in at the front end to get things ready for not coasting, but taking a lot less time and energy. Um, so much of what I can, I do can be systematized one way or another. Um, and so then I can really focus on, so putting in the hard work at the beginning to get systems set up so that I can spend the time with, even with the powerhouse doing the things that fill me, which is empowerment meetups, which is workshops, anything where I can be in with them teaching, um, or just facilitating thought and conversation. Um, those things fill me. So everything else I try to get as automated as possible. And then I take breaks, man, like that. It's a different lifestyle in that when you work nine to say you work a nine to five or any kind of job, you work the hours and then you get the time off and then you work the hours and you get the time off. This is, this could be work only a morning. Um, but then an 18 hour day the next day, or it could be, you know, I'm going to travel for three days. So when I get home, I'm going to take three off and it could be, I travel Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So then I don't do anything but recharge Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's again, I love the control. I love cultivating my own life. Um, but that's how I try to balance. I look at balance over the course of time and not each day. So if each day were balanced, I would still be working a nine to five job. I'd work during the day. I'd take some time off, be with my kids, put them in bed, whatever. Um, but instead I look at, okay, so over the course of a week or a month or a quarter, if we have a quarter where we're, we're working on a retreat or we're working on a conference or working on a workshop, there's a lot more work that goes into that. So those are going to be longer days with more people involved and my stress level is going to be higher and I can look at it and say, okay, but then after you need to take a, like a time, right? So the longer the event is, the longer time I take to just rejuvenate. Um, and then I make sure that even within like, why am I doing this? Constant reminders, constant reminders for if you don't do this, this is part of my coaching always. If you don't do this, who are you missing? Whose lives don't get touched? Whose lives don't get changed? Um, who continues to work the crappy job they don't like because they don't believe that they could do anything else. So 
that's that's how I try to keep myself going. I do have a phenomenal support system in my husband and that he, I, it sounds like a joke, but legitimately he'll be like, I'm feeling it. I know it's coming. Do you need to take a breather? And sometimes I push through and burn myself out anyway. And he loves me for that. He doesn't, that's a lie, but <laughs> it's like, I told you, I'm like, I know. And I knew it was coming. I just did it anyway. Um, but he's pretty good at that indicator of like, do we need to maybe take a Sunday off? Like, yeah, that's probably a good choice. We'll do that. Oh man, I get it. Oh, Holly, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you've got the mom and kids business thing going on too, girl. <laughs> We're right there together. So um, we are obviously in a very difficult time. Yeah. Holly, one of the things that I want to make sure we get to just point out early, early on in this COVID craziness, you were out there with that Greenville grab bag gift box, helping Greenville business, small businesses oh. at least survive, even though they just had to face it, that it wasn't going to be a time of thriving. And so what a beautiful gift. I feel like outside of the money that was made through that for those businesses, the awareness that it raised for them was just beautiful. I found out about new places that I will shop at in the future. And so kudos to you. What an awesome, awesome um, idea that that was. But even in the middle of all of this, there's hidden blessings, but everyone just has to face it. This is hard. And yeah. I know your heart breaks for so many small business owners who are fighting to stay afloat. So what would you like to say to them or to our society right now? Oh, man. Um, I, oof, and I'm not going to jump on a soapbox of any kind. I'm going to try really hard not to right now because- Good for you. <laughs> We could be here all day. Um, yeah, yeah. When it started, pivot became the word. It just, I'm in a position where we do have, I mean, on purpose, I serve small business owners. And I feel like out of, from my perspective, and granted it's limited, and clearly I'm seeing it from where I am. Um, they got shafted harder than anybody else as far as what was available for unemployment. And if they, you know, they couldn't get furloughed, they own the business, but then the business can't be open, but then they still have the bills, but then there's no reprieve and just the whole nine. Um, and so being that close to it, it's been rough for, when we talk about mentally, how this has been like, my business has been okay because I could move it online very easily. And it's actually provided some opportunities, um, that we wouldn't have had, had we never gone online. So my business personally, so instead I'm like this, I've got this empathetic bleeding heart, which is you could downfall or not, however you want to look at it. Right. Um, but it's killing me to know my friends mm -hmm. who are, who are struggling. So I think that, um, the best we can do as far as small businesses who do have brick and mortars that had to close was to adapt as best we could and find this as an opportunity somehow. So I love watching all of the places that have been meaning to get online ordering up for ages. <laughs> what did that take three days? And they were like, Oh guys, we got it. It's done now. <laughs> like when it became a necessity, it took no time at all. And it was a blessing in that way. Um, and then yeah, doing things like encouraging gift card sales and, and selling things online. We've watched small business owners, salon owners, boutique owners, whatever, do some amazing things online and adapt some ways that they'll keep and some ways that are really just a stopgap measure right now. But regardless, the tenacity that I'm watching in human beings right now who own these businesses and are really not getting any kind of support from 
the entities that are supporting the rest of us and are causing all of this mess for them to basically just say, well, forget you all. I got this. And I think a, it takes a little bit of that to be a business owner of any kind. You have to buck a lot of societal norms and, and things of what we deem to be safe or secure or a smart choice or, you know, risk mitigation and yada, yada to even take this step in the first place. Um, and so watching that just grow in everybody has been super, um, it's been amazing a little bit. And, and for those that are still struggling, I just reach out the best way that I know how and help the, the best way I know how, but we've gotten creative. I mean, yeah. man, have we gotten creative when this, when it all first started, um, that I had a lot of phone calls, a lot of phone calls. Um, and I, I did them all free of charge. Like I couldn't even wrap my brain around. I had, I had the help somehow. So, so many phone calls about, well, what do I do next? What do I focus on? How do I get through this? Because at the time we didn't even know if it was going to be three months or a year. Um, and so what do I do to plan and how much energy do I put? And which encouraged everybody to funnel all of the energy as if this were never going to end. Um, because what else are you going to do? And we've had some places turn out. Okay. There, there are a few things that have, have really, and are even thriving. So yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Holly, I, I just want to um, to comment and say that I commend you for the gift box thing for a couple of reasons. So one being that there's nothing, um, and I'm sure you'll take this the right way, but there's nothing that you did with that that anybody else couldn't have also done, right? Like, Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> what, that, what that highlights though to me is that just highlights this idea of imperfect action, right? Sometimes we just get paralyzed by like just the the size of the gravity of the situation and go like I don't like I'm just one person I don't feel like there's anything I could do that would even make a drop in the bucket right yeah. and so the what you did you your efforts weren't to save every restaurant or every business or every salon right but you said <laughs> I can take this small piece onto my plate and then I can try to multiply those efforts by bringing those in my network and let them know what's going on and hopefully they'll multiply those efforts but it doesn't have to be a well i'm just one person and there's this big problem so i'm just going to sit here kind of paralyzed in my own sense of fear and inadequacy and so i just like i said i think that's a great lesson for those listening out there to just this idea of imperfect action like just do something just take a step decisiveness right? yeah. absolutely just that literally the idea came to me in a in the shower one morning it was a shower thought um and i <laughs> popped the curtain like this. And I was like, honey, I have this idea. And he is my anchor in that. Like when I'm up in the clouds, he like holds me down a little bit. So he gave all of the, but what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? We got to the end and I was like, okay, so I'm going to put up an interest post. If it has no interest, we're not doing it. And if so many people say they'll buy boxes, we'll do it. So I did it in Greenville Young Professionals because it's a mass amount of people. Um, and we had over a hundred responses. And I'm like, I guess we're going to do this thing. And you're right. It wasn't, and it literally went from, I had a shower thought that morning and the website, the web page, it was just a web page. It was like a landing page. So not a big deal, but was done by that evening. We were ready to sell them, but it was decisiveness. Like there's something about, it gets easier as you do it. So the more times you have an idea and just roll with it, because it could have sucked. Like I could have muffed this up in 17 different ways. Um, and between the first round and the second round, we changed a ton because I made it way harder on myself than I needed to. Um, but there were just factors that I couldn't have known. And so you do the thing and you get the results and then you adapt. And then if you want to do it again, do it again. And if not, that's fine. 
but if you never do it, then you never have the results to base your next move off of. And that's another, I mean, we talk about that. I'll just be decisive, actually do the thing, take a step forward and nobody's judging you. Nobody freaking cares. I think that's another thing we just have to get across. Like, especially in this world of everybody can see what everybody does because thank you, social media. If you say something <laughs> and get like three responses and then you decide not to do it, nobody will ever know. Like those three people won't even remember that they responded. And so throw it out there and see what happens or offer something for sale. And if it disappears and nobody ever bought it again, no one will ever know. But best case scenario, a ton of people buy it and you adapt and do it better and do it again. No one cares. <laughs> I think we all feel like we need yeah. to be perfect. Like we're going to be judged and no one cares. We didn't do those boxes as well as I'd imagined the first time. No one cared. They were all excited that they got their boxes. Like, that they were helping out. The business owners were psyched to have money rolling in in any form. And it just, it was in the second time we did it, we knew and we changed and we could probably do a third iteration. I'm not going to, because it took a lot of time and energy. <laughs> somebody else wants to do it, you. they can feel free and take over. Um, but somebody picked it up in um, Greenville or in Spartanburg. She asked if she could run it there. I said, absolutely. Um, we had somebody ask, somebody in New Jersey who's friends with a friend or something who bought it and posted. She's like, can I do that there? Is there like proprietary oh. information? I'm like, no, this is how I did it. And just sent her a message. Um, so, and somebody else wanted to do it for their incoming like freshmen for a college. I was like, yes, absolutely. But you just have to do it there. It doesn't take anything. Just, just, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. Just do it. Just yeah. take step, do it. I'm going to have just that written on my epitaph on my grave. Just take the step. <laughs> like, yeah. just do it. So good. So much incredible advice. And Holly, very, very grateful for all that you've shared. I got a little round of rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, so don't worry. They're not, um, I mean, we've already gone so deep. I don't think I could ask you something that would be uncomfortable really, but these are just for fun. So you don't have to overthink them, just whatever comes first. Okay. Favorite place you visited? Um, San Antonio, Texas. Nice. One thing that really annoys you um, people who chew too loudly, even with their mouth closed. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Something you do for fun or relaxation. Ooh, hiking, anything near water and reading. Uh, <sighs> yes. Anything near Beautiful. water. What's a life-changing book you've read? I feel like we kind of touched on this, but. Ooh, um, life-changing was Think and Grow Rich, because it led me into all of the others. That was, yes. oh, and Little Money Bible. Little Money Bible. I'm going to put a oh, solid plug in for that. Somebody read that. Okay. Whoever's Good. listening. Little Money Bible. Do you have a favorite meal or food category? Homemade. I'm a big Lo fan of somebody else cooking for me. Yeah, oh. not having to cook is awesome. I don't even care what yeah. you make. Anything. Okay. Got it. What's a regular <laughs> habit that you're proud of? I wake up at 5.30. I'm not a morning person. And I taught myself that and I can't get rid of it now because it's when I get all my stuff done. I was thinking of that when I thought of this question for you, Holly. I was like, I think it'll be 5.30. I hope she's still doing that. Yep. Well, as best <laughs> I can. COVID's right? made it like a little loose yeah. soon at 6, 6.30 because nobody else in the house gets up till 10, but yeah, still doing it. Good for you. Someplace you hope to travel someday. Ireland. Oh, 100%. On my I, list. I want to see the castles. Yes. Yeah. What is something that brings you deep joy? 
my family, my husband and my kids. I do everything. I, I know it sounds like I do everything for women, but I do everything for, for the four of them. hundred percent. Yeah. That's what it is at the core of it all. You're so right. Awesome. Thank well, you so much. What a yeah, fun. Yeah. Holly, you, you've been super insightful, very open. We really appreciate it. Um, our goal um, with this project is really just to unite people behind causes. And so um, one, obviously anybody can get behind um, the cause of what you've done for our community in, in spite of the challenges that we've been facing over the last couple of months, but um, also just in light of what you continue to do for the business community in the upstate, specifically for women who are, are looking to either start their own venture or just branch out and discover more about themselves. I just love for you to share some of the information behind some of the projects that you're involved in and how people can get in contact with you or get plugged into some of that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, firstly, I, I'm serious. If somebody wants to take over the Greenville gift box project, I would very lovingly hand it over. I think it's a, it's an amazing initiative. Um, it just doesn't fall into the things that I do on a regular basis. So it's become more of a project, but I would, I would absolutely love if somebody who hears this wants to take it over to hand it over with all of the systems and everything that we use so that they can do it easily. Um, and that, that being said, women in wherever you don't even need to be in the greenville area but if you are in business somehow um upper level at your you know in a c-suite type situation or just we even have like bankers and things in the group i love them but also if you own your own small business is the powerhouse um if you do facebook.com groups slash yeah that powerhouse that's us it's a white the picture is a white label with black like um pen written lettering there are a lot of powerhouses most of them are gyms <laughs> we're, we're, the, we're the only all-female entrepreneurial group called the powerhouse um that's i mean that's that's primarily it we do out of out of there that's sort of the in business terms the top of the funnel um i've got a group called the power players that's a coaching group and we do keep your eye out for conferences retreats um workshops things like that but otherwise and you can follow me if if that's pertinent if you especially the men if you just want the business information without being in the group with the women, because we're not going to let you in anyway, um, you can follow, <laughs> you can follow um, Powerhouse Consulting or just my public figure page is Holly Calloway, and I drop business nuggets and marketing and mindset nuggets all the time on there. So that's a good way to get that info. Someday I'll write a book and you can read that, but it doesn't happen yet. That was one of the things that was maybe on my list for this year that now, you know, life is laughing at. Like I was going to finish that too, but... <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Did you give your website, Holly? Oh, your so it's website. Power, yeah. Um, well, there's gbl.com, um, po like powerhouse.com. If anybody wants to buy that for me, I'll take it as a gift. Uh, the URL is a little spendy. And <laughs> <laughs> I have hollycalloway.com, but it's really just a space for all of my landing pages. You can go check out my bio if you want um, and find out more about me, but that's also on powerhousegbl.com. So that's really a better a better resource. Yes. I just wanted to make sure the GVL came through because I was searching I around, you know. I know. And it's, yes, absolutely powerhouse. And again, like I said, if anybody else just wants to buy me powerhouse.com, there'll be a day maybe next year that we do that. But if anybody just wants to gift it to me now, I would be forever grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. <laughs> PowerhouseGVL.com. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Holly, we're just so appreciative of your time. I think our listeners are going to love hearing your story. And um, yeah, this just sets an awesome tone for what we're trying to accomplish here. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. That's a yeah. good time. And thanks for taking the time, guys. That was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So fun. Talk to you later, Holly.